Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 244, covering the 37s and initiations. Recorded live at the Pocket Theater. Hi, friends. This is the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast, as you may have heard. You may see the flag behind us here. Lovely. Yeah. I got nothing. I'm, I'm, uh... He's Ron Algar Watt. I'm Matt Robotham. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I was looking for some opening patter, and I got not like, great. Now, comedy people I know are here, and it's like, oh, shit, what do I say? Well, we it's could... fine when it's just nerds. Oh, but yeah. When it's comedy people. Oh, fuck. I got to impress these guys now, don't I? Well, we can talk about how shitty those episodes were. Oh, don't backpedal. You liked the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Did I convince you you didn't like the first one? No. Is that what happened? No, usually you can do that. Though. Sometimes sometimes we have that effect like, on one Matt, another. I don't want to, Al, I don't want to argue, so yes, it's a terrible episode, uh, but I don't want to watch it. Don't get Canadian on me now. You might live in the U.S., but you're still Oh, uh, I don't want to complain about stuff. That's what the show's for. I know. People don't want to hear us love it, especially Voyager. Uh, the people who are still with us want to hear us get mad. I've heard people say that again and again. Why aren't you mad? It's really great when you guys yell. Yeah. Why aren't you in pain? We want to see you wince <laughs> like you've been kicked in the ball. I'm a big fan of the show. How come you guys aren't constantly being tortured by Yeah, me? exactly. Well, friends, <laughs> do I have a show for you? Let me tell you about this first episode called The 37s. And it goes a little something like this. Voyager sensors detect some rust, despite the fact that breathable atmospheres are a non-existent dime a dozen in this galaxy. The idea that iron and oxygen could exist, exist on the same planet is apparently mind-bogglingly exotic to science, Captain. So she orders one of her characteristic detours, and some sad junior officer has to push the estimated time till we get back home board and back another few days. <laughs> Poor bastard. When we started heading home in the pilot, the board said 75 years. You've been heading home for six months, and now it says 78. <laughs> anyway, this episode was co-written by Brannon Goddamn Braga. So prepare to have your minds blown by nonsensical bullshit that looks cool in the first act, but completely falls apart at even the most cursory analysis. <laughs> the rust they detected was in an old pickup truck that's just floating around in space. A truck! <laughs> Trucks don't drive in space. That doesn't even belong here. The cognitive dissonance is overwhelming. Is this not the most amazing thing you've ever seen? Is your mind not blown? <laughs> but wait, there's more. Following a trail of equally odd circa 1930s debris, an old radiator, a Murphy bed, a radio tuned to something casually racist like Amos and Andy, <laughs> Voyager finds a planet they can land on. And by land, I mean actually take the ship into the atmosphere and touch down on the surface. What? You mean your starship can't do that? Maybe you're just worried you can't effectively pull off the illusion of a landed starship in the distance, looking like a real object and not like a bathtub toy. Which, taking even the most casual glance behind the Voyager crew after the ship lands, is a fair point, actually. <laughs> so they head into some caves and discover some Earth humans in cryogenic suspension, which they just open, because why not? Nothing bad ever came out of a cryogenic tube, did it? Plus, who knows? Maybe somebody cool is in there. Like, oh, I don't know, Amelia Earhart. No, don't be stupid. The odds against that would be... Oh, look, there she is. 
<laughs> Janeway fangirls over the aviatrix for a while, and if you're thinking this is playing out like some kind of awful fanfic, well, you're half right. A fanfic probably would have more action than this, and more making out, and less standing around and talking. Eventually, we find out why the so-called 37s are here. They were abducted by aliens in the year 1937. Do you get it? And brought across the galaxy to be slaves. But then they were never unfrozen to be slaves? This all seems very inefficient and stupid, but did I mention Brandon Braga? And to his credit, the answer wasn't ghosts this time, so I guess he's getting better? <laughs> the Voyager crew briefly considers staying on this planet, because despite the fact we've found a dozen habitable planets with almost humans on them already, this one has actual humans on it, so obviously if we're going to stay anywhere, it'd be here. Even though some of the crew are actually, you know, not human. Obviously everyone would want to live where the humans are, though, right? Except that it turns out nobody actually wants to stay, so... I guess that means we've all come to accept that we're in this together and we'd all rather go back home. Even if it does take 82 years. Wait, 82? How long were we on this stupid planet? Oh, God. Did I exaggerate any of that? Nope, that is completely accurate. There was no Amos and Andy, I should say that. But other yeah. than that, completely what happened. Could he use some Amos and Andy? I don't know, man. There old was timey, that's some old-timey radio, man. There was a black dude that came out of the tube that was borderline, like, I almost cringed, and I was like, no, maybe that's just an acting choice. Maybe that's Probably not the script. Maybe fine. Yeah. I was a little uncomfortable. Just going <laughs> to let that go. In fairness, they had a Japanese uh, soldier come out of there, and he, he just acted like a guy. Yep, and in unfairness, they gave him rice and fish. That is true. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying real hard to find. Like, it wasn't completely racist. That's something. Neelix just walked up. Here, you like this. Yeah. <laughs> I read literally one sentence in Wikipedia, and this I ordered is what a you cheeseburger, like. you asshole. <laughs> yeah. And then he bows. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh -huh. So, seriously, like, like, let's fight about this. All right. <sighs> no, 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 not literally. Fight. Let me take Let my me. shirt off. <laughs> I just put one on. Come on. No, um. You, you kind of like this one, though. Your note even says, I have it in print here, I kind of like this yeah, one. Yeah, it was all right. So, all right, well, let's it hear why. Not, what did that, you like? Of the two of them, it definitely wasn't the worst. No, 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 no. Um, That's just because it wasn't as terrible as the other one doesn't I make it good. Like the, I like the weird reveal of the floating space truck, I think. That's, like, just cruising along in the Delta Quadrant. And, what's that thing? Is that a truck? What the fuck is there a truck here? <laughs> See, That's... That piques my interest. But see, here's the thing. I want to learn more about the floating truck. But, okay, here's the thing about that. That is a funny concept, and it could be a cool, sort of weird, campy, like, what the hell's going on kind of Doctor Who kind mm -hmm. of thing. But, like always, they never go far enough with that kind of nope. stuff. It's like, they want to explain it, they want you to take it seriously, they want to give you this techno babble kind of like and elaborate. Like a house just floating out there. That would be great! With a dog in it. <laughs> But they don't. Just some they... kind of Earth dog? Well, this takes me... For those of you who haven't listened to the show before, the, the basic format is we summarize the episodes and then we each pick a good thing and a bad thing, which is sometimes a challenge to find one or the other. In this case, finding a good thing was a bit of a struggle for me. <laughs> but my bad thing was what you're talking about. Oh, man, it was the worst in this. Like It was... Okay, Star Trek likes to do this thing, this smug future man thing. Oh, it's the 24th century. We've never heard of... Whatever. Whatever, like... This is a complete... Cigarettes? Uh, Why would you breathe you, smoke into your lungs? Those you are bad that, for you. Did you know that humans used to use nuclear energy to power things? And, How barbaric! And so on in that fashion. Except to this in this episode, it is taken to the most ridiculous extreme. It's like, 
They don't know what a truck is. Someone actually says, is that an early hover car? Fucking Harold Kim just like, oh, it looks like an early, it looks like an early hover car. No, those are wheels, you moron. The first invention. <laughs> <laughs> the car, I mean, even if they invented hover cars tomorrow, uh -huh. the car has been around for at least a hundred years. Yeah. They just have no record of that now? Yeah, it's, I, he's never looked in like, you know, any literature written in the last hundred years or anything. But they've, they've never heard of gasoline. But then it, it peaks because it like we go through all this and then it completely peaks when they don't know what a key is. This this is an actual now, thing that happens in the episode. Paris is sitting in the front seat. Now there should be something here called a what was that ancient earth word? I remember a key. Fuck you. Yeah. And of course he's like the expert on uh -huh. ancient oh yeah, well, it's my hobby. I like to work on old cars. No big deal. Really? I just really like old cars. Uh, automobiles and stuff. And I know about the oil and the crank. I don't know. He sounded like a Jiffy Lube guy. I don't uh -huh. know what the hell he was talking about. But <laughs> like, like, fuck you, Paris. That means not only have you never seen a car, you've never seen Ghostbusters. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but they seriously don't know what a key is. Like it's... how? And and then on the on the ancient AM radio, they don't know what SOS is. Like what Morse code is. <clears throat> like Captain Kirk at least once used. Morse code to like mm. tap out a message to Spock in another jail cell in some terrible Nazi planet or caveman yeah. planet or gangster planet. And Spock planet wasn't or... like, what's that weird noise? Yeah, no, they always knew. But suddenly, for some reason, they've, yeah. they've never heard of an SOS before. Apparently in the last hundred years, it just completely died out. Like, I guess. <laughs> like the Earth government actively worked to destroy Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> now I see, want, that's a story I want. I want every aspect of Morse code destroyed. Find me the, des the descendants of, what is it, Sylvester Sam Morse? Yes, Sylvester Morse. Yeah, and murder, and murder them all. We are wiping this out. <laughs> I am done. What did Morse code do to this hypothetical person? <laughs> I really want to. I want to hear this story now. You guys just sitting there. I fucking hate beeps so much. <laughs> Dot dash. I just can't take it. Dots on. and dashes. No. <laughs> she has, but I mean, it's it's like, and I'm guilty of this sometimes myself. But I try not to be. I try to be aware of this. You know, you got that friend who doesn't own a TV or doesn't know popular culture, and he's like, no. I've never heard of popular thing everyone's heard of before. What are you talking about? That's how it comes off. It comes off like a car. What is a car? I don't own a television, Captain, so I don't know what a car is. Like, I just shut up. Just shut up. Fucking, we watch Picard drive around in a fucking dune buggy. This in, is true. Uh, the piece of shit TNG movie. Four. You're gonna have to be more specific than that. <laughs> Like, are you telling me that nowhere on Earth, like, people walk or ride a shuttlecraft everywhere on Earth? Like, there's no buses or anything? It's, well, like, do you really need to, get, like, I have to get across town. I guess I'll walk or take the transporter. I like, guess. I don't know. Just, just maddening. Just maddening. What was your bad thing? What was my bad thing? It's oh, here it is. It's in blue. Oh, good. Thank you. Uh -huh. Um... So, Amelia Earhart appears in this episode and is not once dressed in any way like an aviatrix. Now, this might say a little bit more about me than I'm willing to reveal, but where the hell are my joppers, my goggles, and my flight helmet? Where is my scarf? 
that's the thing. I, I feel like if this episode had gone completely over the top, if she'd come out in the full outfit like you're describing and been a full hands-on hips, just crazy, like, adventurer, like, I just yes, can't... Captain Janeway, let's go fight alien monsters. That would have been this great. sounds amazing. It sounds stupid, but Amelia... it sounds like the kind of stupid I want. Amelia Earhart, armed only with her ray gun, does battle with the evil aliens. <laughs> Why aren't we watching that show? That sounds incredible. But instead, they spent four acts standing around talking, like, Janeway explains to her what the future is, which we already know. The audience doesn't need to sit yeah, in on this conversation. Like, not only, like, unless this is your first episode of any Star Trek ever. Yeah. Even then, in most which case, people... I apologize. Yeah, this really should not be your first. But <laughs> it, it's... And then they're like, maybe we'll stay here. Maybe we won't. Maybe... Oh, we visited like 18 really nice planets all looking more and more like malls. And, yeah. Uh, well, we gonna... finally got to one that just looks like some dirt and they want to stay. Uh-huh. This is it. This is where we will build a... They've got three cities here, none of which we get to look at. Oh, no. We blew the budget on that truck. <laughs> <laughs> in fairness, it was a pretty sweet truck. Oh, yeah, that was, I have never believed more in my life that a 1930s truck is floating in space than I did just then. <laughs> <laughs> they finally got it right. Uh-huh. All those times they've tried to convince you that a 1930s truck was floating yeah. in space, and but this time they Voyager finally nailed it. Voyager, finally. Good, good job, guys. That's my good thing for this episode. All right. You nailed that truck. All right. What was your actual good thing? My actual good thing? I actually... The episode ends with the entire crew refusing to uh, uh, go... Uh, stay on the planet. Like, there's a lot of talk about, like, uh, you know, this guy might... St the famous Baxter character, who we all know so well. We got this great scene where, where Janeway and Chakotay are strolling down the hallway and, like, well, I wonder who's gonna stay. What about this crazy character we've never met? What about this guy? He's a real adventure guy. He'll want to... And, like, who are these people? Why would never he, he'll never leave. He's got 18 heads and an incredible <laughs> sex life. Now let's go hang out with Chakotay for a while. <laughs> Why don't we get to see that... Ba was it Baxter? Yeah, and there Baxter was another guy. and... Second person. I don't remember, but it, the, these are guys name. that I. These guys. These are guys that I would want to hang out with. Uh -huh. Not you know. Chicote. Well, yeah, Chicote is my go-to because uh, oh well, my god, we'll get we'll get more into that yes, later. Yes, we will. But I, I like I like them going in. Like it's a nice scene, you know, where they walk in there and there's no one there. Everyone is willing to stay and sort of make that commitment to. Yeah, we're all gonna. Bond together as a crew, as a family, as some assholes we picked up along the way, and do the entire trip, the whole seven-year adventure back home. They think it's 75 years. The whole 75-year adventure. We know it's home. seven years. The whole 82 Yeah, I don't know. It's 82 now. The thing about that is I do like it narratively mm. because it shows, okay, we're over the whole crews don't get along yeah. thing. Let's move on. But it just didn't feel... Right. Really, not one guy. Not one guy who's like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. One dude in the mess. I fucking hate Voyager. Like, Harry Kim, just like, please get me away from Tom Paris. I'm not his best friend. Harry, he just says I'm his best Harry friend, but Kim's I hate Harry Kim's hatred of Tom Paris is, cannot go against Harry Kim's need to go back and see his mother again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a character who actually said last season, I remember what it was like to be in my mother's womb. This is, that is a real dialogue, a like, real line of dialogue. <laughs> That this show tried to... And I want to be back there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any... So as much I've, as I enjoy exploring space, the place I'd really like to be... Yeah. I, and what I do is I try to make my sleeping quarters as much like my mother's womb as possible, just mm -hmm. to remind me of how great my... Stop saying womb! That's creepy. <laughs> Freaking me out here, Harold. Yeah. I don't know, like... I drew you a picture with my purple crayon. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to get that, but yeah. that someone is not me. Thank you. 
<laughs> I don't know. Like, I seriously feel like a couple of people might have stayed. I don't. It just felt a little too neat. I, a little I like too the, pat, I, I like the idea that they just walked into the wrong cargo cargo bay. <laughs> Half the crew is just like, when the hell are they going to get there? I thought the captain was seeing us off. I, no, no one, no one left Chakotay. I'm so happy. They love me. They really want to be here with us. They finally accept me as their mother. Now get me a coffee, <laughs> Mister Chakotay. If you do it for another twenty minutes, they might start laughing. Please, <laughs> thank you. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there was potential here, like I say, to be nuts, to be totally campy, and they didn't do that's that. The thing they I, didn't. That's, that's the thing I want most from Voyager at this point. Is just Why don't you be just be stupid? Weird. But that's my problem with. I keep saying it over and over again. But with Brandon Braga, he'll mm -hmm. sh he'll show you a ridiculous concept. They're like, okay, follow through with that. Make something ridiculous happen. And no, now we're going to explain it to you. And really, let's break down what happened. Mm -hmm. These aliens from the other side of the galaxy, as far away as you can get without yep. going to a different galaxy, came to Earth, which is the only inhabited planet between where they are and, and us, Just apparently. drove in a straight line from the Delta Quadrant. So I guess all of Voyager's trip now is going to just be yep. nothing. They'll follow it perfectly. Yeah. Um, kidnapped, uh, how many humans do you remember? Like 50, 100, something like Whatever. that? Whatever. Yeah. These took guys them. look like they're the most bred for slave labor. They yeah. Perfect. Took them all the way back across the galaxy. Didn't unfreeze some of them for some reason. Leave, leave those guys in storage. We might need them later. We don't yeah. want them to go bad. And let the rest of them be slaves, I guess. Are we really the best at doing whatever it is they need done that they you, don't feel like doing? You guys know Klingons exist, right? When they're backup organs and they're super spines. Right. <laughs> there's there's so many better suited. Closer. Take mm -hmm. one of those terrible Kazon. Use oh, please them. Take, please take those terrible Kazon. Yeah, something. <laughs> but it just, like, the premise just didn't, and what, the truck fell out of their they, ship into space? They dropped it. Bob them. pointed this out when, when we were watching the episode. It's like, how did the truck get out there? They brought everyone else back. How did that get out? Hey, good point. Yeah. Because Brandon Braga wants to blow your mind. I just picture why. the aliens just standing around. Well, we don't need this thing anymore. Eject. I, I guess I don't. And I, I seriously just don't. Like, the explanation, once again, didn't make any sense. But they sure spend a long time giving it to mm -hmm. us. And repeatedly. Yes. Which was just delightful. That being said, I still enjoyed it. I, okay. What did you enjoy? Seriously, tell me. Tell I me just, some of the stuff you like. like just, I don't. And I'm not. I don't mean that as hostile as it's. Tell me. <laughs> no, I'm like, sorry. It's just, it's so good. Convince me, because I saw it twice and I. Oh just, fuck no! I'm not going to convince you of anything. <laughs> I just like. I didn't think it was that terrible. I've seen way worse Voyager. I just you know, I watched it. I took it in. And it's all, yeah, this all seems pretty acceptable. It just this is what I expected from this show when we started it. Mm. And then it really surprised us because season one was actually pretty alright. And this was more like what I expected, which is there's a glimmer of a maybe okay idea, but it and sure doesn't person, deliver. And a person you've heard of. Hmm? That was Amelia Earhart. They oh, had yeah, put yeah. that in too. <sighs> Literally spelled it out. There's a point where she's looking <laughs> in the tube and she looks and she goes, There's some Earth writing on here. I think it a, might be A, period, oh no. E, A, she's really gonna do this, isn't she? And she spells out the name, and then she says the name, and then she says, Amelia Earhart, of course. And it all plays out over, I don't know. Where's Amelia Earhart, minutes? Captain? Oh, Harold Kim actually says yep. that at one point. Oh, you need me to fill it in for you? because <laughs> for Oh, she's my hero. No, I buy that. Yeah. I buy that among others, she would be one of her heroes. Yeah, that's, that makes that's sense. Plausible. And I will give Kate Mulgrew credit for 
fangirling, as I said. Mm-hmm. She was like, ooh, Amelia Earhart, yay! Like, and that, that's cute. I like that. You're awesome, Amelia Earhart. Yeah. But again, why weren't the two of them holding doing, ray guns and fighting monsters things. or yeah. something? There was one action sequence in this entire episode, and it was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. It was... Some of the humans shot at some of the other humans, and they said, whoa, wait, you're humans, I'm oh, you're sorry. Just, oh, you're talking about it. the square head humans and their fucking, <laughs> their rubber plastic uniforms? Yeah, those guys. I, I, I think you had a note about uh, them being the blockheads from, bo- Gumby. from Gumby. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they ran into the most boring uh, Amelia Earhart book <laughs> and tried to trap them there. Amelia Earhart crosses the stream. Oh, that looks fun. <laughs> and the chick they got to play her... Not great. I mean, she wasn't a bad actor, she just... The guy who played her boyfriend was. Yeah, he was not great. But, like, really, she should be super charismatic. Yeah. Super, like I said, I really want her to be an action hero. Mm-hmm. But if nothing else, I just want her to be fun. And I, I didn't get an adventure vibe no, from her at it, all. I mean, like, I got a, well, this is all happening around me. Mm-hmm. I will look at it. And just taking it all in. This was like. Nod. The, <laughs> fucking Tommy's mother was more excited. <laughs> That is a deep callback the, that the, I don't the think. La- the last time we unfroze everybody. Yeah. Which, uh, seriously, okay. The first time this happened in Star Trek, uh, I, I, they let Khan out. Which, mm-hmm. if those of you who don't know, the Wrath of Khan, the most famous Star Trek villain, came from one of these frozen tubes. Yep. Maybe you shouldn't just go unfreezing anything you find around the galaxy. Maybe yep. you should take some precautions. And they have this wonderful idea, let's unfreeze them all at once. Yeah, that sounds fine. They, they won't all be holding guns or anything. This will all be fine. And we then we checked guns. one guy for a gun. Yeah, the soldier, which yep. was which was fair, but the guy in the business, the the white rich guy, yep. that's the one you got to watch every time. <laughs> I also, this is a dude who was traveling around the world, like with his secret girlfriend, like, with Amelia Earhart, right? It was why like is, historically he was a real guy. Why is he dressed for like a day at business? <laughs> I don't get the like. I don't know. I'm sitting here under sweaty lights making jokes about Star Trek. Why am I dressed for business? That's a fair point. All right. Sometimes fine. it's just nice to wear a suit. Disregard. Yeah, Fair but that, enough. Yeah, but his suit? Well, I mean, he's from 1937. What are you going to do? I'll watch this episode again. Uh, you liked it. Don't, don't. I'll watch this episode again. Don't show you. off in front of company now. You liked it. It's the this. only time I can do this. <laughs> My good thing. Give me which, attention. Which I struggled for, struggled so hard for, was I did like landing the ship. This is the first mm-hmm. time we've ever seen a Federation starship actually go into the... Like, in, in the old school Star Trek, the whole point was they didn't have money to show the ship landing. It was expensive back in the day, so they just invented beaming, which is just like, I don't know, we'll sparkle some lights, and they got on the planet, who cares, whatever. And now we have a bit of a budget, and they're not going to use it for costuming for those for those guys shooting at them, and they're not going to use it to show cities, but they'll use it to land the ship, yeah. so that's okay. It was, that was pretty cool. I liked, I liked how excited Janeway got because yep. she's like, wait a minute, my ship can land. Yeah. And Chakotay's like, okay, but we got shuttles, we got transport. No, 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 no. no. we Everyone, can land. I forgot up. about this. Let's go land. <laughs> and I, I like that. I like when she gets excited. She plays that really well. Find me a really wide valley with nothing in it because we take up a lot of room. <laughs> <laughs> um, Struts coming down, just crushing buildings. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't see you down there. But I liked I liked the effect of them landing. I liked when they're sitting in having a meeting. There's natural light coming through. That the was actually really cool. I didn't like. That's one of those things because subconsciously you're like, there should be stars there out there be, always, yeah. and there's sun coming through, and it's just one of those little touches. Like, like hey, yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, Jane went looking out the window. Ah, a bird. <laughs> <laughs> See, this time your Janeway made him laugh. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
Paris pops in. Is that Chakotay? No. <laughs> God. Uh, anything else? Uh, let's see. I just have a lot of notes here like, please spoon feed us some more. This is the mm-hmm. worst thing ever. And so on in that fashion. <laughs> anything? Uh, I'm looking. I like the, um, when they show off uh, Kess as the example, this is an alien. Look at her weird-ass ears. And the guy's just like, we've been all over Earth. This is not even close to the weirdest thing we've seen people Yeah, do you didn't try stuff. very hard to just put some crap on no, her ears. No, like, it's, she looks human, but look at this ear. Yeah, no. They made a big deal, a really big deal out of like, okay, we need to not startle them. We need, they've never seen aliens before, so we need to go down there. Kess can come because she can pass as human. But everybody, like, uh, Tuvok, you stay here. Neelix, you definitely stay here. You're like fucking crazy, man. Yeah, we, we don't want to freak them out. And then as soon as they come out of the tubes, they're waving all their future wands at them. Like, like what? I thought you were just trying to not freak them out. Well, after the 1930s, then we went into the, uh, <laughs> then we had World War II. And let me tell you, that was weird. And then. <laughs> and believe me, hearing. Janeway, tell someone from the past what happened in history that I have already learned. Fascinating television, oh, yeah. riveting. <laughs> Did World War II really happen after the late 30s? Thank you, Kate, I needed to know that. <sighs> Just so much padding. There was about 10 minutes of episode in this, was really yep. my biggest complaint. Uh, in fact, Bob, if you would hit my quote, I've chosen a quote for this episode and this pretty much sums up my thoughts. I think you'll find that's manure. Horse manure, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you, Captain. Matt, shall we move on to... How, much, how many other kinds of shit should I identify for you? <laughs> she, was, she was leaning into the truck bed, poking at it, sniffing at it. Thankfully, she didn't do that. Thankfully, she didn't take a taste, because it was one step away from that. Uh, this is one stinky-ass truck. <laughs> She did do the Sherlock Holmes thing, which was nice. I can tell from the telltale trace of horse manure here that a horse was here <laughs> who ate some food. <laughs> then, after a time, <laughs> the horse's body absorbed the food as nutrients, and what it couldn't use, I posit to you, <laughs> came out as this. Kim's just sitting there absolutely wrapped. Go on. <laughs> All right, Matt. This will look great in my stories about your adventures, Captain. (laughs) All right. Tell us about initiations. I don't want to tell you about initiations. All right. We open this week's exciting adventure with, ah, Chakotay. (laughs) Damn that coin toss. Anyway, Chuck's borrowed a shuttlecraft so that he can take his bag for a field trip. Unfortunately for fans of bag fun, it's interrupted by, ah, the Kazon. I'm sick of these coral-headed Oompa Loompas from the, Al- from the Appalachian system. Man, no one in history has suffered as I have. Anyway, Chuck gets attacked by some Kazon kid named Carr, who's played by Nog, the microscopic Ferengi cadet from Deep Space Nine. Damn it, Nog, you're never going to get into Starfleet by complaining every six seconds and then almost killing your superior officers. Unless you're Wesley, who killed a guy. Never, Never forget, forget Wesley, Wesley Crusher killed, killed a guy. <laughs> Thank you. Don't applaud murder. You're a monster. <laughs> anyway, Chuck takes Carr back to the Kazon ship where he can hopefully dump the kid and get back to his bag time. But the Kazons are having none of it. They decide to, dis- to execute Chakotay and Carr. 
Carr for failing to kill an opponent and earn a couple of extra syllables for his name, and Chakotay because, well, it seems like a pretty good idea. Chuck and Carr escape, but their shuttle gets shot down to a Kazon training moon covered in death traps that vex them at every turn, or once, one time. <laughs> they take shelter in a cave because, as Chakotay says, here in my car, here with my car, I feel safest of all. <laughs> Meanwhile, Voyager and the Kazon ship unite, have, have some tents back and forth, because of course they fucking do, and then team up to track down the missing pair. The Voyager crew are bamboozled by the incredibly intelligent and, and increasingly redneck Kazon, and then imprisoned in an energy sphere, which they easily escape. Meanwhile, Carr kills his boss and earns his name, Super Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> So this fucking sucked. So let, let's point of order. Yes, please. What what is this redneck thing you have with the case? I'm not I, I'm not quite sure. I got it I, I never happened that. to me before, but like weirdly enough, in this episode, I started getting a real redneck vibe off of them. They're all wearing their beat up shirts. Mm -hmm. Car's got like his ar his sleeves all gone. Well, he's got a pack of Marlboros rolled yeah, up. Exactly. In there. I, I got this weird image of them just roaming around the universe. <laughs> In a spaceship with a pickup uh, area in the back. <laughs> so that pickup truck from yeah, before exactly. belonged to them. Uh -huh. And just th three Ks on in the back strumming on a banjo. <laughs> well, see, I'm picturing like a, a space version of the jalopy from uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. Yes, exactly. Where they're all sort of arranged like a staircase. <laughs> just Janeway leaning out the window of Voyager. You damn Duke boys! <laughs> <laughs> So that moon is where they're 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 brewing their. It's where they're still. That's where they're still yeah. is right. They don't want anyone getting in their hooch. Gotcha. Keep it from Boss Kim. <laughs> I I don't know Otis. <laughs> I uh, we uh, put together a little video to uh, get people up to speed who aren't super familiar with Voyager, and I forgot to mention the Kazon. And really, you've summed it up nicely. Yeah, they're, they're, just, they're weird. Shitty Oompa Loompa people who it's, it's like don't you, like each other and they all have different little spots in the Delta Quadrant that they all fight over. That's another reason why they're rednecky. Okay, that's true. It's like, okay, you have an orange shirt, like really, really orange, and you put it in the wash with a Klingon. And it comes out and that's what you get. <laughs> that's what it looks like. They're just a what, mess. Their, their what costumes they find are terrible. Their, what they find in the dryer filter they put in their hair. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Just terrible, they're, terrible design, terrible just culture. The worst. Just and Voyager is so desperate to make them the big, bad alien race. You know, the new Klingons or Romulans or whatever. Uh -huh. It's like, oh no, the Kazon are here, and they're really mad about something. But they've written them to be primitive, mm -hmm. so they're always overwhelmed by the simplest of technology, like... Which they will keep pointing out. Oh, constantly. Oh, no, the technology! Well, this this feeds into your quote, does this it not? This is my quote, actually. Well, let's hear that quote. I never thought I would see you like this. It was not my fault! It was his technology! This made you laugh more than I think it made others laugh. Yeah, I, we may need a little context. I love that. this so much. It's just like, no, their technology, it's way better than anything we can have in our really kick-ass spaceship with laser guns. <laughs> no, they definitely play them like, if they, if they made it onto Voyager and somebody for some reason had like a, a car cigarette lighter that they pushed in, mm -hmm. if the thing popped out, they'd be like, oh, technology! Oh, God, why? <laughs> They are just baffled by anything. You guys have have drink cups that where the thing could go up and down. <laughs> I don't understand. And your straws, they bend. How? How is this possible? I can bring it towards myself. No more leaning in. <laughs> 
truly, you are gods among men. No wonder you humans have such great posture. <laughs> it's just... Behold, their shirts have sleeves. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the kid, Carr, which is actually his name, not an exaggeration, Carr. did not have sleeves. The, the grown-ups that had earned their names and so forth, apparently it also earned their sleeves. Yep. Because they had, they had shirts. Earned their sleeves, their weird pieces of fabric that are just tied around the body for no reason. One of them gave me a real Kevin McDonald from the Kids in the Hall vibe. Yep. And I don't know why. <laughs> Give me the tea, you bastard. Just like, <laughs> I am not taking that guy seriously at you all. You are a cruel giant teabag. <laughs> <laughs> the exact two people I thought might get that. <laughs> um... <laughs> but, but but enough of kids in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about kids in the car. Uh, um, yeah, I know. I deserve that. Um, I'm leaving. The the kid that you mentioned was played by Nog. Yep. The, the, uh, Aaron Eisenberg, the kid from Deep Space Nine. Um, speaking of the sleeves, is why I bring this up. Mm. He was kind of ripped that for like a 13 year old. Jesus, the he had some on guns him. on him. Yeah. Like I didn't. I never. Like I, I was shocked. Like this was what? Maybe like two, like a year. No, this after was concurrent. DS9? No, this was concurrent with the S nine. Right, right. But like what? Like what year? Nineteen ninety five or six. So it would have been season three ish, four ish, okay, somewhere so in the middle. Sort of around when he's starting to like grow up a little, but he's still pretty little scrawny guy. Yeah. Like the thing I always say about with Nog is that he's this big. Yeah, he's three apples high. Yeah. And he's just like walking around. Even in the shots where he's just walking around Chicote, he was a big dude. Yeah. He and looks... they tried to do some camera tricks where they tried to make him look smaller. They mm. they would they would shoot from his POV, so Chicote was like a giant and and low I, down there. Yeah, I, maybe a tiny bit racist, but I thought of Apache Chief from Super Friends, and I'm sorry. <laughs> in fairness, you will not be asked back. In fairness. They layered on the white guys, writing native guys stuff thick in this episode, mm -hmm. and we've called this out before, but the Because My People stuff was, oh, it was bad. Oh. He is still not with any specific tribe. He still has no established, like, place that he's from. Like, he's just this mishmash generic of generic, yeah. And it's so, like, if they just picked, if they just said, okay, he's Cherokee. Mm -hmm. He's he's Mohawk. And he's that's whatever. Something. They can work with the actual beliefs that, of that yes, tribe or whatever. That would be our. I still don't want to hear about his religion, but I don't want to hear about anybody's religion. It's true. But <laughs> but that would be something. He's generic native guy, and yep. that makes it so much worse. <sighs> and he says Hukuchi Moya, which I don't think means anything, but he said it so much that it's burned into mm -hmm. my brain now. And okay, they're going home. They're they're they're. It's a long ride home, but. They decide for some years. reason, yeah, well, 86 now. <laughs> and they decide to give Chakotay a shuttle yep. so he can go off on some mission to be alone to talk to a rock that I guess is his dad? Captain, can I need you to just, you know, not, the ship needs to stay still for a couple of days while I borrow a shuttlecraft. By the way, can I borrow a shuttlecraft? Yeah. Go out into space and just do my whole thing. But really, the, the, can't you do it here? I mean, I can. The whole tradition is really just silent meditation and, and communing with the elders or whatever. Mm -hmm. Which you can't do that in the empty shuttle bay where nobody showed up to leave. Like <laughs> we know it's empty. We were just there. Yep. There's plenty of quiet places on the ship. Worf did this kind of thing all the time. That's what he lit all those candles. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they learned that any but any tradition that involves fire should not be on a starship. Probably not the worst <laughs> idea. Yeah. But his didn't involve fire, so 
So the, he, we, we, we got to look in his medicine bag, his famous bag that he's always talking about. But we don't know. Maybe if we'd left him long enough, he would have set that crow corpse on fire. Was it a crow corpse? Is that what that was? I don't know what it was. It looked like a crow corpse. Very well. It might have been a raven corpse. That's fair. I don't know the difference. No one does. But, okay. So, but let's really get into this. It was, the whole point was Chakotay is this principled guy. He's a, he's a pacifist. Mm. He's not going to fight. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to, like... I want these Kazon children to see what a human is. Someone who doesn't hurt anyone and is honorable and all that crap. He, okay. The Kazon kid has this whole speech about how I earn my name in battle and how I have to do mighty deeds. And Chakotay says, oh, that's like our uniforms. I earn this uniform by passing tests and learning things and, and proving whatever. Okay, but you're a Maquis. You threw that uniform away because you didn't agree with those principles and you ran off. There's a whole DS9 episode about setting that uniform on fire and running as far away from it as possible until Cisco brings you a new one. Yeah, it was the least figurative thing mm -hmm. we have ever seen. <laughs> but I came back with your uniform. I don't want it, but I have it right here. He shoots the uniform. He vaporizes the uniform because we're not clear that yep. he doesn't want to wear it anymore. But seriously, this character who we're supposed to believe led a bunch of rebels who left the Federation because they didn't agree with their principles is now lecturing someone on how perfect their principles are. And from everything we've learned about the show, the one who is actually the only one who's passionate about the Maquis cause... Yeah, like he should the, be. He's their leader. Yeah, exactly. And he talks about how he doesn't fight. That's all those guys did. They fought and they ran away. Yeah. And and he talks about not owning property. Someone who was here watching the episode, which thank you for that, because I, I, it's nice to not suffer alone, um, <laughs> pointed out, if you don't believe in land, what was the whole fight about in the first place? Because they kicked you out of the demilitarized zone and you were mad about yeah, that. Well, just so you do believe in land. <laughs> Clearly. Well, I mean, when it's for us. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very sort of imperialist attitude. Yeah, I don't. Like, like the Maquis, I mean. Yeah. We took this land. You can't have it now. Yeah. And if they're going to play him as the pacifist native guy, you can't have that both ways. The thing is, I, this is really my good thing, believe it or not. There was potential in the premise. Mm -hmm. We've seen the story on Star Trek before where a guy gets captured and he escapes and he's at, at ideological odds with his captors, and that's pretty cool. Yep. And I would totally buy a well-crafted story about a pacifist who doesn't want to fight and who's whatever, but like, it doesn't jive with anything else we know about him. Yep. It's boring. He's not a pacifist. He decked that guy last week. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way we do things in the Maquis. Uh, yeah. Except when we don't because we're try trying to impress the Kazon. Yeah. But, I mean, there was some potential interesting meditations on being a coward versus mm -hmm. being a pacifist and that kind of thing. And I would actually be interested in seeing that because every time we've seen anybody, like Riker, Picard, Kirk, Spock, like all those guys fight their way off a ship. Yeah. And he's like, Puts the th gun down and says, no, no. I'm not going to do that. That's something I've never seen before. Why am I bored? Of course, then he picks it up and aims it at the guy's head and threatens to shoot him. And the guy calls him a coward with a gun pointed at his neck. Like, do you not know what coward means? Because I, I guess that's a Kazon word. It means guy who has a gun aimed at my head. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What does it mean for you? Pacifist, I think. Yeah. Um, but I do think there was actual potential there. I just think they pissed it down their well, I mean, leg. We've because, seen, like, you know. There's that episode of uh, TNG where Geordi and the Romulan end up on the planet together. Oh, yeah. It's really well done. That was less that he was a pacifist and more like, my go-to isn't fighting, I'm a science yeah. guy, let's solve this with science, but which I mean, was really good. Like I got so tired of 
car complaining. Yeah. So quick. He spends half that friggin' episode just like, you're, you made it so that I don't get a name. You should have left me to die. I'm sitting there like, yeah, you should have left him to die. Yeah, and we like this actor. We sang his praises for the two years we covered Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> So clearly it wasn't him, it wasn't his fault, it was the script. Yeah, exactly. No, I think he did the best he could with what he was given, which was very little. Yeah. And a shirt well, with no sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> he did, like, his guns, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I thought a 13-year-old boy was sexy. I'm not, I'm not ready to cross let's, that line. Let's, get, let's make sure we get that very clearly. Let's make, yeah, no, 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 I'm not, because this is the second time now I've mentioned his, his arms, mm-hmm. and I don't, yeah, I, no, I was looking at other his things. His beautiful sinewy arms, right? But when he's... <laughs> When he's standing next to a wooden plank with a face tattoo, what else am I going to look at? <laughs> I want to like Chakotay. I really do. The guy who rebelled against Starfleet and is now forced to work with Starfleet, yeah. even the, the principled pacifist, whatever, that could be interesting. It could even be an interesting contradiction that he was a rebel, but he also doesn't believe in fighting. But they don't explore any of that. It doesn't make any sense, and it's just... Dull. What it mostly feels like is that he's the guy who will cave in for anything. Yeah. You know, just like... Janeway said, join us, and he didn't say, well, yeah, I absolutely. don't know. He said, that's a good idea, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Let's get, our, let's get ourselves some uniforms. We'll be in Starfleet now. That should be fun. Yeah. Then I could tell someone how I earned it. Mm-hmm. You earned it by someone saying, here, have a uniform. <laughs> just make sure Neelix doesn't hear about this. We don't want him <laughs> That actually brings me to my bad thing. Neelix has this whole scene where he's talking about, and I, this, this red is sort of meta-commentary. Red is sort of like, the writers feel like they don't know what to do with Neelix, because he had a whole scene with the captain where he's like, I feel like I'm being underutilized. This is the Neelix voice, by the it's way. The, the, like the, the uptight white guy that every uh, stand-up comic does. <laughs> captain, I believe I'm being underused. Okay, he's been focused on in two episodes so far. We've gone through the entire crew at least once, and everyone's gotten an episode about them. Except the person he brought with him, Kess, who, by the way, spends this entire episode, she's got, I think, five lines, and every single line advances the plot in some way, provides some important, not even exposition, but information. Captain, the Kazon operate this way. Look out for that thing. Whatever. And, like, that's it. That's all she gets. And it's like, Neelix, you're complaining that you're underutilized. Meanwhile, Kess is the most useful person, definitely out of the two of you, but... Mm-hmm one of the most useful people on the ship. She's the only living, breathing person who knows how to do the medical stuff. She knows about the Delta Quadrant at least as much as Neelix does and offers useful information. And she's had nothing. We've gotten no stories about her. She just sort of sits in the background just like, yeah. Her job is to be the Counselor Troy fill-in. I sense something. Well, thanks for that. And, and, And to be Neelix's girlfriend sometimes. I, somebody's got to. Does somebody got to? I don't a, know. Is, is that a... If, if he's, has somebody's been cursed with that? <laughs> you will walk the earth as Neelix's girlfriend. <laughs> Please, God, no, just kill me. Look, you know I only live seven years, right? No, it's, it feels like this kind of show wants to hook up everybody with somebody else, and if he didn't it come... does feel that. If he didn't come with a pre-existing girlfriend, then there, we would have storylines about him courting someone, and we don't want that. I hope it's Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. You know, I kind of hope that too. Yeah, right? I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, no, I just... <laughs> Paris and Neelix fight it out over him. <laughs> I would pay good money to watch that. Yeah, that would be better than this. No, I just, I feel like 
Neelix, you don't get to complain about not being useful enough when there are other characters, the one you showed up with for one, but other characters as well being mm. criminally underutilized. It's just, it's, it's not right. Yeah. And, but on the other hand, you did, you did like his, his uh, subplot. Oh yeah, I like smug Neelix taking control of the ship, just like, well, I think we're going to do things this way. No, in fact, we're not going to surrender. If we, if you were going to do that, you would have executed us by now, which you didn't. So we're going to get together, and not, we're all going to go look for my captain down there together, and you're going to make sure that no one gets killed. Okay, bye. <laughs> that was really good, Neelix. Thank you. That was that was a decent scene, but I don't understand why Tom Paris gets left in charge. Like, no. <laughs> Like there's a perfectly good. Uh, there's a decent pecking order in that ship, and he's way the hell down. He, he they just let him out of jail six months ago. Voyager is just more than any other Trek I've ever seen. It's so based around these are the main characters, you know. Yeah. Like, well, we we we've said before, Harry Kim is the most important junior officer in the world. Yep. Like, he's just one ensign, and there should be dozens of ensigns. Wow, like the I, Enterprise had tons of them. Here I am at the meeting. Jeez. They let me sit at the big table. I get to talk to Miss Captain all the time. <laughs> She's my, I swear, I was really on board for Harry Kim being a decent character, for being a decent actor, for, you know, like I've seen stuff that guy's done afterwards and mm. he seems pretty cool. And then one of our regular guests came on, uh, Gav, and said one word that ruined the character for me. He's like, this is why I can't stand him. Miss, miss. And he was absolutely right. Yep. That ruined him for me. And I can't look at him the same way again because he is such a suck up. We're going to have lunch. Would you like to come with us? <gasps> Could I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so there's that. Um, what was your bad thing? Um, it's just, this episode is so goddamn boring. We've done this to death on Trek. Just, well, what specifically do you feel two, like they've... The two guys... Like maroon somewhere, and they have to learn to work together. We've seen it, and we've seen it, and we've seen it. I feel like that's a broad enough plot that you could make it work in different yeah, if you situations had, if with you different characters. If you bring something though. new to it, they didn't. All they brought is little complainy man and Mister Piece of Blank Wood. That is true. Just, no, there just, there really wasn't much there. Ha completely hateable characters just bickering for the entire episode. I wouldn't say hateable. If you if you, you know if that's your assertion, that's cool. But I. Look, my dislike of Chakotay is well established. At this I point. just and want him to be something. Not very good. No, he's he's not. The case, like this is supposed to be our episode where we get to know our big villains. Yeah, we get like, to like, like see what they're all about, and what, what they're all like, about they have is the, stupid. This thing where like you get a new part, like you earn your name, which I think I've heard about. Some it's probably from something. Yeah, it feels like it's from an actual culture, yeah. which is oh, all right. That's it's fine. Fine, but like first of all, they drill it in super hard. It's like mm. every five seconds with this kid, I have to earn my name. I got to get my name. I have a name. It's like John Cro or Jim Croce. <laughs> but I, um, I don't think anyone. That's fine. Me. Sometimes they're for me. All right. <laughs> but it, just, it goes on and on and on and you guys could be doing something you're on a planet full of death traps avoid death traps well and I they should have kind of played it for laughs I think because mm -hmm. you, as you mentioned in your summary they were trapped in a death bubble for all of 30 seconds yeah. and then Kess says oh if you just poke here it just collapses you just gotta put the paper clip through there and yeah exactly that should restart it and we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> And naturally, Janeway, being a woman on television in the 90s, has a bobby pin that she can put in there because that's standard I mean, operating that, procedure. That must be how her poof works, right? Like, <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of things I understand about Star Trek and, and the pretend physics. I do not understand Janeway's hair. Her balloon of all. hair. No, I, I, I respect it. 
I respect the balloon. Just Tuvok comes in every morning. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those, like, it's like one of those train cars where two people have to operate it. One, one person on each side. <laughs> Tuvok in Paris just like. Yeah. Oh, no, she won't let Tom Paris anywhere near her head. I wouldn't. That guy's creepy. Yeah. Still get the creepy vibe from That's because he's still creepy. He's but again, gross. they left him in charge of the ship while they left. I don't get it. I know a lot more qualified people than him to, like, to take over. Uh, it feels like as soon as the captain's gone, it's like, all right, we're taking this thing around the sector. <sighs> I got some honeys to, sh- to show oh, off to. Oh, God. <laughs> but be ready to leave quick because Tommy doesn't like to stick around. Oh, shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> Just shut. You know he refers to himself in the third person. You Tommy. know he does. He might even call himself Daddy. Ah! Oh. You see? <laughs> this is how I see this character. You might not see him that way, but now you see him through my Listen, eyes. Listen, sweetie, stick around and Daddy might take you back to his holographic French bar. Oh, God. Everyone shoots pool there. It's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. No, it's... it's really uh, everyone's going to gather around and tell you how great I am. Yeah, I programmed all of them. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all based on my ex-girlfriends. Why? And that, that is a real thing. Uh-huh. The guys in his holodeck program, like all the, all the women in there are based on his ex-girlfriends, <sighs> which is creepy as hell. Um, I was almost going to give the episode credit. There's a scene where, where Chakotay's fighting the, uh, the, the Kazon ship, and we've complained about this in Star Trek before. Space having an up and a down, mm-hmm. which it doesn't. Space is space. It's in three dimensions. And ships always fly at each other, directly pointing at each other. And except for Cardassian ships, which always seem backwards to me. But he comes at them upside down for a second. I was like, oh, finally, there's something different happening. And all he's doing is a loop-de-loop to confuse them. <laughs> and, and all I could think then was Matt's take on them being rednecks. And like, whoa, that ship done a loop-de-loop, boo! Like, I, I, ain't gold, never, it. I ain't never seen one of them go upside down before. And he, like, picks up his giant hair, oh. throws it on the ground, and stomps at it. Chakotay! Ooh! I'll get you for this! Again, I want to see that show. I want to see Janeway and Amelia Earhart fighting aliens, and then I want to see that. Yep. Like the, the, the Dukes of Dukes downtown. of the USS Hazard. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Does that mean we have to see Kate Mulgrew and Daisy Dukes? Because I'm really warm into her, but I'm not sure I've warmed to her quite that much. Well, I mean... <laughs> That's yep. fair. That is completely yep, fair. Yep, Kim. Yep. I got nothing to add to that. I'm nope. just enjoying that image for a minute. Neelix is just like, say. <laughs> now, those go all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> He's got legs, Captain, and he knows how to use them. Uh... Oh no, my boner. <laughs> Anything else? No, not, not, not after that. Very well. Well, that, that, those are the episodes, so say your thing. See ya, folks. Thanks for coming. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.